0: use Zencaster usually I use um Zencaster um but it's been acting real funky with me lately so I'll snap. we're gonna try it through the zoom okay um so guess what what you are the first returning uh guest to the wolf portal which is yes, really exciting I'm <laughs> flattered. yeah
1: your podcast is everything
0: thank you so is the oh, work you do um and it's crazy I feel like we haven't like connected in so long it's been yeah. how long has it been like since you know we did the last podcast like I feel like maybe almost a year seven almost. months I don't know and like so much has changed from both <laughs> friends um and so, yeah, I was wondering if to uh, lead us into this, if you could sort of go into what you were telling me about um, why you decided to shift your focus.
1: Yeah, so before I was focusing on a variety of niches, I was kind of bouncing around from habit coaching to um, introverts who are struggling with procrastination and um just like general hypnotherapy because we practice with sleep insomnia habit control all of those things that your subconscious mind kind of helps you get in the way and get stuck and not move forward Mm -hmm. Um, we it's under our umbrella right so I was jumping around but that was not being authentic and what I really wanted to do it with my practice, because the moment I decided I wanted to be a hypnotherapist, I wrote down in my cubicle when I was working at Edward Jones Investments that I wanted to help the Black community with hypnotherapy, because I saw among my family and among my friends, they were all holding on to so much trauma or addictions or things like that, or like, you know, insecurities that were keeping them stagnated and stuck in life, but they were just accepting it like, oh, that's just how it is that's just who that's just how life is. Life is hard, just deal with it. Or, yeah, I'm not, or you know, I would suggest going to therapy, and they'd be like, Oh, I don't go to therapy, they don't go to therapy for like a prescription for Xanax or something, like to you mm-hmm. know, um, but not really to do the work. So, I thought, Man, I really want to help the black community because this message that life is hard and you're just stuck, and that's just how it is, is not true. Yeah. And my own personal transformation. I went from beating up people and throwing phones and being mean and angry all the time to being and being poor to thriving and being happy and loving and confident. So, um, but by the time I got certified and I was starting my practice, I the movie Get Out had come and been oh, a girl. blockbuster.
0: <laughs> the the timing on that one is crazy because for real like any time I just watched it with my little sister like it was her first time watching it and she was like I'm never getting hypnotized and I was like I don't think that's the takeaway from this movie I don't really know what the takeaway is Other than it's just like a beautiful, creative, fucking crazy work of art. But like, you know, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, do have this like weird feeling about being hypnotized because of that movie. And it's like,
1: totally 100%. And we can definitely dive deeper into that because I can, I can understand that. But, you know, not only that movie, but just in general, like there, I had really underestimated how much black people in general avoid therapy and feared hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of forced to have these different um, niches to survive in my practice but again, my heart wasn't really in it, you know, but the whole time it was just gnawing at me and clawing at me that you have to do this. You have to serve people of color and you have to, you want to do it, just be your authentic self. And I was like, no, the Ku Klux Klan is going to come after me if I, (laughs) if I end up successful and people I'm, you know, I'm mixed. And so people aren't really going to take me seriously. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was more also not only that, but I wanted to help men specifically, men of color, because I knew just from dating men, Black men, and men in general, that they really give resistance when it comes to the inner work and expressing their vulnerabilities. And um, there's not really a lot of places for them to to have a safe space to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I first started my um, I started my practice in 2019, but when I started my Instagram specifically at the beginning of 2020, like pre pandemic 2020, mm-hmm. I had a series called men Mondays where I would um, post every Monday accounts uh, and posts that would definitely like say, Hey, it's okay for men to be vulnerable. And I would just highlight men's mental health and I would mm-hmm. share videos and who, whatever I could do in resources for men's groups where they could go and talk like I just wanted to focus on men's mental health on those Mondays um Mm -hmm. but you know the reason I didn't commit to that being a niche is because I truly felt that men would rather go to another man for therapy and I would even interview other black male therapists on live and stuff to kind of do that but I was like oh men want to go to other men but again it was something that the more I looked into it, the more I was on my own self-healing journey, the more I was trying to find resources for them, it was so limited. Mm-hmm. And um, my, I just, I, you know, for women, we have things like sister circles. We have, we can go and get crystals. And when you're shopping for crystals, they're like, put it in your purse or whatever. And it's like yeah. marketed towards women. Um, we have rose quartz self-love spray and we have, um, you know, journals you can go to Target and get girl power, everything all over the place. And mm-hmm. you, there's just so much marketed towards us for our inner work and our self-healing, um, and being a boss babe and all these things. But when I was trying to give that to my male clients or my male mm-hmm. friends or my significant others, it was like severely lacking, it was scary. And even when they did get to the point when they wanted to be vulnerable, they would hide or just result to anger because mm-hmm. that's all society has ever taught them to do. Just, you know, um, just run away or just be, be
0: angry because that's what girls do get away, wait till the weekends. And that's how you let your steam off or the gym is my therapy. That one was that one is still huge. And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I get it. But the gym isn't really therapy, you know? And so like, and not to take away from any of the like benefits of the gym, because yes, like it releases endorphins and dopamine and makes you feel good. And like, it's good for you. But at the same time, like there's, it's, there's the ability to go so much deeper than that, you know? So much deeper. Yeah, and so, it. yeah, like the, the reason why I was like, oh my God, I had this moment where I was like, we need to connect again. Looking at your work is, um, like I was telling you, my little sister, like we were just fucking around and she's like, like we're like asking each other random questions on like Instagram live or something. And she's like, okay, here's my question. Why do you only like white boys? Like, and it was sort of like a slight at me and I was like, haha. And I was like, Oh shit. And it's not true. Like I'm still very attracted to men of all colors, honestly, (laughs) you know, but, but like when I look deep into myself, there's a, there's a trigger there with black men. And then like, you know, I started looking at that and I realized it's because like, you know, the type of like sacred union that I want and the type of partner that I'm looking for is somebody who's not scared to go deep with themselves and, you know, who has gone down the path of personal development and self-awareness and like all these things. And that's not to say that like that, like guys who have done that are free of all the extra baggage and stuff that's like a whole other <laughs> it's a whole other <laughs> podcast topic for a different time because it's actually really? like really crazy some men in the spiritual community I don't know I don't know but <laughs> yeah, right. um but yeah so then I started to think about that and I started to think about how like anytime I'm, I start talking to men of color about the things that I'm really interested in, in spirituality and personal development and these things. Like it's, it's usually like a reaction, like, is that voodoo? (laughs) Like like things like that. Like, nah, I believe in Jesus or like, you know, it's all very limited there. And then like, you know, I'm also very into the path of healing through psychedelics. And I always hear the same thing from black men, which is like, Uh, I don't want to lose control like I don't fuck with that shit you know and it's so interesting because it's almost like a part of people know like the the power of like the power of these psychedelic medicines and like Mm -hmm. yeah what what are you so afraid of that's going to happen in this space of no control like you know like Mm -hmm. like people are afraid to go into that shadow and into like you know the the deep dark depths of all the fucked up shit that we've been through but the truth is that's where all the medicine lies like without like you know we can either choose to live a life of like pretending it doesn't exist which has other repercussions because you can only shove things under the bed for so long you know right you know or we can like face them and I feel like like with the frequency of the planet raising and shifting, like a lot of people are choosing to do this inner work, but it is definitely lacking in the African-American community, especially men. So it's like.
1: Yeah, I just got goosebumps when you said that. Yeah, it's like, I know it's true, but like to hear, to be able to talk about it with someone who's doing the work, a woman of color, Mm -hmm. it is important because it's like, it's rare to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, and yeah, I, I, it disturbs me that when like people will say, oh, like I have friends that are doing really well in their career financially and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I have a, my mom's got cancer and I'm struggling with this and they're dealing with a lot of stuff, but Mm -hmm. then I'll be like, well, why don't you work with me or someone else? If you're not comfortable working with me, I can't afford therapy but then they'll go and drop so much on like a, a party and a weekend in Vegas
0: yeah always you know yeah and like so like service
1: yeah and so the the priorities there too is that I really feel like black people have been conditioned to prioritize things that speak to the ego the entertainment the yes. escapism the yes. look you know the flashy clothes and the sneakers like that's yes. where the, the priorities lie. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I hate to say this, but you know, if we were to dig into where that came from, it comes from a sense of low self-worth
0: it does. and
1: I even heard one instance and I, I really hate to say that it comes from slavery, but when, because you know, we haven't been slaves for how long, like, and I hate to use that as a crutch, it, but mm-hmm. just when it came time for black people to be integrated in society or even to like be allowed to wear anything nice it was on sunday like either their masters would take them to church with them or they had their own time to go to their own church and that was the only time for them to shine so that's where the term like sunday's best comes because wow. they could really stun yeah wow. they could really like show their identity and um, whatever they could do to, Im- like, improve their look and really stand out in the community, their individuality, that's where that when initiated in our culture, just, like, look and fly, right? That's so
0: crazy. And truthfully, you should not feel bad about bringing that up because, like, really, when you get into it, all the samskaras run deep, all these different patterns and all these, these are from this lifetime and past lifetime. Like this is deep ancestral trauma. Like, you know, and so, yeah, of course, society is so quick to be like, let's, let's just integrate and like, leave it in the past. And, you know, like, we're sorry for the sins of our ancestors. And like, without putting any blame, like without putting any blame anywhere, because that's not getting us anywhere as a culture, without putting blame on white people or without putting blame on our ancestors or anything like that. These are truths that we need to look at, you know? Yeah, and so absolutely. Like, so it's like this and so much other ancestral trauma, like, you know, mm-hmm. when we really like look back yeah a lot most of our all of our ancestors were slaves at one point we were probably slaves in past lives you know I feel this like is a truth deep within me like when I'm when I'm like diving into the Akashic records and like doing my like like looking at my patterns and like figuring out why I am the way that I am and like why certain triggers I'm like damn yeah I'm almost positive I was a slave in past life like like Mm -hmm. and and all of my ancestors like you know so we carry this like and and people don't realize it black men don't realize like you were you were carrying so much trauma you know deep trauma and like on top of that from past lives that weren't even yours. and so then like we get to the trauma of this lifetime and the truth is just like a lot of us, most of us, you know, sad to say, like, weren't raised by people who did the work. And again, no blame. We all know that our parents did the best they could with what they had, you know. But the planet was at a completely different frequency, right? Then, you know, a hundred percent. No, there's
1: definitely, uh, there's definitely some synchronicity here happening with our conversation. Cause literally right before this call, I did a free consultation with someone and we were talking exactly about that ancestral trauma cause traumas that you don't even know you have mm. and how that can be encoded into your DNA. Yes. And, um, you know, what, because when you have things like insecurities and when you have constant remuneration thoughts, like depressed thoughts, um, fears of success, fears of failure. And these are things that dictate you. You you have hormones, you have neurons firing, you have neural pathways that are encoded in you. And if you don't resolve that, that's going to encode just like a computer code into mm-hmm. your descendants.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And so that is something that you do have an opportunity to release that it's it's a yeah. part of you mm-hmm. and what I also have learned is that there is a book called um the science of living heaven on earth and I'm gonna snap because I don't even remember his name um I already have bruce lipton this I book i love bruce really, lipton right so he's Amazing. the man he's right. the homie it like is. so he just gives really practical easy to use science-based things to um reuse your brain chemistry and your body chemistry for healing that doesn't so that you're not using doing years of work to have a breakthrough right mm-hmm. we're all time for so what i like what he says um even when you're in the womb, when you're baking in your mother's womb and she's having thoughts, maybe she's having thoughts of, should I have this baby? Where am I, am I going to be home? Maybe she's living in a homeless shelter. Maybe she had an abusive, her significant other, or baby daddy, who was beating on her. And any of those negative things she's thinking or experiencing is, again, hormones being washed into the fetus and that again gets downloaded into you so even wow. when you're born and you have these like irrational fears irrational thoughts um, fe- um insecurities worries that you know that have nothing to do with your current life experience it could possibly not only ancestral trauma but natal trauma
0: mm, wow and you, yeah so That's but he, crazy. Yeah,
1: it's crazy and it's like how many people like for me when i found that out I started thinking about me and I had a fear of being homeless, always having a fear of not being able to pay my rent. Even when I was making really good money, Same. I was like, oh my God, where's that coming from? And then when I really did, I do past life regressions and, you know, I do self-hypnosis for, my, for myself and my clients. And so I started, a. I thought it was a past life thing and I was like, you know, maybe I, it didn't even occur to me for the Bruce thing I, I misspoke, but um, I, did a, I thought it was a past life thing, so I started to do a past life, and once I got to the point in the past life, it, it takes you to the womb, I was like, the, it, the trauma happened here because I'm mm-hmm. adopted, but my biological mother was living in a homeless shelter when she was pregnant with me
0: wow right oh my god that is crazy crazy and it
1: it didn't even occur to me until I was in hypnosis I was like oh and I felt all of her pain and all of her worries of not being able to provide and why she was like looking for a family to give to me so she could give me and I just like I thanked her I loved her I I told myself it's okay you don't have to worry and I haven't been afraid ever since I just always have money coming to me for rent like It's just like manifest now.
0: And that's what I'm talking about. I have some crazy (laughs) goosebumps right now. Because, girl, like the whole, this past whole chapter of for me has been some really deep financial patterns that I'm working through. And so, you know, I've been doing like a lot of inner child work, which I'd love to like dive into that, like while we're here too, you know. But, but I, you, listening to you talk just now, really like, opened up my mind to the fact, like, I know that when I was younger, I would see my mom stressed as fuck about the bills and things like this. But like, now I'm realizing how much of what I've been carrying really isn't my own. Right. And it's so crazy. And see, that's why conversations like this and the work that we do is so powerful and important. So powerful. And that's why it hurts my heart that so many people are like, nah, I'm good. Nothing's wrong with me. I don't need that shit, you know, right. like, like fuck like that. And so, like, if you're not looking for something, you're not going to find it. So it's like...
1: It's Please just, look, y'all.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> you look. know, because I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what, looking, like, where there's so many people And women right now doing the fucking work, going to the darkest parts of the innermost cave and fucking bringing back the gold that we find. And so my fear, well, reality right now really is like looking around and like seeing all these powerful, amazing goddesses doing all this work and like, yes, and then being like, well, damn, it's slim pickings out here like like where are the yes. men who are going to be who, who are going to be real enough to go like deep within themselves and like do this healing work you know and like i i was thinking about doing this podcast and i was like damn i'm almost scared because i know that men listening to this are going to feel triggered you know yeah. like that's that's what's going to come up first like and like uh, so i just want to say that like this isn't a slight at anybody no. this isn't like this isn't like do better it's right. like it's like no we've come we've all grown like as african Americans, as humans but as then humans. even more yeah. so as african-americans we've grown from some fucking rocky ass soil okay that's real shit and like the buddha the buddhists have the saying and it's like no mud no lotus you know And it's so, so we all have this capability within us to blossom into beautiful, like, like magical, mystical lotuses. And like, I really, I'm so passionate about it because I don't think that we came to this earth realm to suffer or Mm -hmm. to pretend like we're not suffering or to look away from all of the things that have conditioned us into who we are today. Like, I think we're here to work with that and rise from it.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like a realm of just learning, like a, like an earth school type situation. Yeah. Um, I always look at karma. I think it's maybe something along the lines of what you're doing. Like, I believe what goes around comes around. So when things are happening to me or for me, I'm like, what did I do in my past life or in this life that I deserve this? I'm just gonna let it play. I'm not even gonna be mad anymore. I'm just gonna be okay. Just let it happen. I will get through it. I'm sorry for whatever I did. I will pay (laughs) pay my price and move on.
0: (laughs) I'm just tired of being
1: this victim mentality. Like, oh, you know, why is this always happening to me? I can't believe. I mean, well, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you to learn Mm -hmm. and to rise above it,
0: girl. Um, Yes and like yeah. the moment we take on victim mentality and this has been a big one for me because I'm not even gonna lie I was playing with the victim like I was playing in the victimhood consciousness for a very long time it was actually like one of my friends who like me and her got into this deep talk about our friendship and like ironing out all the kinks in it. and she's like I sometimes feel like you play the victim and I'm like how could you say that <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah actually you're right and so when we stop playing the victim we're taking our power back and I just love that you brought up this topic because like girl mm-hmm. this is such a big thing in the African-American community and I'll start like really close to home using my cousin as an example he literally hates white people and he's mm-hmm. like and and so we have this family group chat and on top of being very racist towards white people you know I'll I'll tell him straight and he'll be like you can't be black people can't be racist and I'm like Ooh. oh well, Hey, <laughs> okay, you know i know i'm like but then like the, he'll he'll always be saying things and this group chat is like you know all the cousins and like the whole younger generation too and be like it's hard for us in this world america ain't built for us Da-da-da-da-da, like all this thing that's all these different things that whether they're true or not this is, this has this really, really intense victimhood energy. Yes. 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 It's like, no, it's time to let that story go.
1: Let it go. That's amen. Because what you, your beliefs and your perceptions dictate your reality. Like you have something called a reticular activating system where it's like the link between your conscious and your subconscious and what it does, it, it kind of Filters out all of the information that our brains are taking in all the time. Like, if you really think about it, there's so much noise in our world um, from like notes on the wall, posters, things, noise in the background. Like, I have construction, like, there's so much data coming in. But mm-hmm. if you were to really consciously be aware of it and focus on all of that, it would be just unbearable. Overwhelming. Yeah. So your particular activating system is there to filter out what is important to you based on your beliefs, based on your ideas about your world and the self. Okay. Wow. So, so for instance, a really quick example is if you've ever been shopping for a car, or if you bought a car, and all of a sudden you narrow down what that car is. The year, that make, the model, the color, and then you're on, or you know someone who got a car, and all of a sudden you see that car everywhere on the road. When you're like, mm-hmm. where did this car come? Like, it's everywhere yeah. now. Yeah. Or you have, <laughs> you know, or just kind of, what else would be an example? Just, you like a particular style of clothing, and you see it, you know where to find it, you know how to see it, you know the color, but you know everyone's wearing something different all the time, just because everyone's seeing they're focused on that, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So anyway, you know, do your own research on the reticular activating system. But when you are a person of color, and you are being taught that you are a victim, and you have experiences, yeah, I'm sure we've all had experiences where there was a biased situation. But yeah. then because we have such an emotional charge with it, and it's our belief about who we are in the world, you are going to attract that into your Mm -hmm. life you're going to be on that frequency your reticular activating system is going to be looking for that to reaffirm your belief that that is your reality
0: facts that's so facts and it's like and it's like so just imagine just imagine like the difference of being somebody who looks out into the world and sees everything is happening to them against them and just where that puts you like from a standalone basis and the difference from from just not having that perspective, from being right. like, no, I'm the creator of my reality. I'm like, the
1: creator. The world, yeah, the universe is looking out for me. I'm trained. And so that is a really important topic for me because being adopted into a family where like my my dad was black, my mom was mixed and I was a little mixed adopted baby like that okay but my mom's side I wasn't my dad's family was in the picture my mom's side of the family was mixed and mostly white so mm-hmm. what we would do is you know holidays Christmases we would go to the white family members their country clubs and their bougie stuff mm-hmm. and you know my black family members had bougie stuff too don't get me wrong but when we were at our white family stuff it was very clear that it's like, oh, you're in the country club. Why don't you, Terry, send your kids to the, to the basement? Like, they'd be, it was like not a welcoming sensation. And then when, yeah. at some point, one of my mom's sisters, because she had white sisters, her mom had like um, different baby daddies and she had black baby daddies and white baby daddies. Okay, so her white sisters, one of them died. She was like the glue that held the family together. And her white sisters came to her and not even came to her, wrote her a letter. We don't, if something happens to you, we don't want to be around your black kids. We're not going, don't put us as a a caregiver, a beneficiary. Like we don't really want to deal with the black side of the family anymore. And these were like aunts that I loved.
0: These were aunts that I,
1: even though there was this like being this kind of, I kind of felt like they didn't want it. Well, maybe retroactively, I realized that they were doing, but I was like, oh my God, Auntie Brenda and all these people I loved. I had to see in writing that because I was black, they didn't want me. And on top of that, like, Oh my gosh. We I was given up for adoption not only because she was homeless but she was homeless because my biological mother they were having a mixed baby and so they fucking put her out on the street.
0: Wow. You're, right and they
1: were but and so it's like this um and then we lived in really white suburban neighborhoods and I was the only person of color in my classes. Same. And so in my Girl Scout troops and so then you know there was some ostracization there so I don't say all that to say I would have anxiety going into new social situations like, oh, they're not going to like me because of the color of my skin. Or always if I had friends of different races or whatever, I would always think, oh, they're going to reject me or I have to act white to get them to accept me or something. So I was like, dang, this is like, I am so tired of thinking this way. Like, why don't I just, I'm in my car like, oh, they're not, what if they don't like me because of the color of my skin? I, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. That is not a, a feeling that I wanted to live with. So I started training my subconscious mind to let that go.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: so I, I, and so I would just show up in the world open to possibilities of uh, loving myself, regardless of all of my skin, my melanin, all of loving myself. And giving people the opportunity to like me for who i am and if they don't great if they don't like me because of my color of skin that's their problem that's their trauma that's their conditioning and mm-hmm. not and not and hold like hold on to that embody that yes, and yes. i say all that to say we've if you are out there and you're listening you're a person of color and you feel that oh people don't like me because of my brown i've there's injustice da, 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 da really start to do some inner work to let that go because you deserve to be free of that anxiety regardless Mm -hmm. of what other people feel about you. That is a form of stress that hurts your immune system that limits your potential. Yeah, It's just, you don't deserve it. Just let it go,
0: okay? Big facts, big facts, wow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I literally was like about to cry because that's just, that is so (laughs) fucking powerful. And like on the flip side of that, If you're listening to this and you're black and you're like, fuck that. I don't give a like you're at the place where you're like, I don't care what others think about me. Like, you know, like good for you, but in a sense, this is also false, like a state of false empowerment, you know, like I'm I'm really just thinking of my cousin. (laughs) Like people who maybe have the same mindset, this like, you know, this this sense of animosity towards people who aren't you know african american or whatever the case may be like think of i i just like a lot of some of the most amazing people i've ever met who have taught me like such powerful things are white like like what is this when when we get like let's just break this down for a second break <laughs> <Second after. laughs> down for a second okay who we are who we actually are like, yeah, I can introduce myself as Shanoon Ocean, but that's not actually who I am. You can introduce yourself as Ashley Bajay. Did I say it right? Bajay.
1: T- I like Bajay better, but Bajay
0: here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like this is your name this is this character who you've come into this incarnation as and yes this is powerful this is beautiful this is like amazing that we get to have these personas for this incarnation but after this existence is over and you know whatever whatever like believe whatever you want our energy our incarnation our cosmic like whatever is gonna go somewhere you know and so this is like an infinite process. What we are is this infinite existence of the own. Like what we are, isn't even this little voice in our head because this voice in our head is just all this like social conditioning, all the stories we've been told, all the experiences that we've lived, but behind this body and behind the voice in our heads is the observer. (laughs) And so and so this is where some of the most like this is where the true magic lies within our existence. You like getting to know this observer, like starting to really like like identify with this observer and like get to peer through the eyes of this observer. And so like all that being said, like, like you can look into the eyes of another human being. And this is where it gets really trippy and like realize that these observers have probably known each other for like such a such a longer period of time than this this lifetime and other lifetimes. And, and this is who we all truly are. So like, so to completely cut off an entire spectrum of humans who have also been through their own trauma, who have also like, who also love, you know, who also like learn and strive to be better. This is just madness to me. It's so crazy. And then like, like spreading that hate out to the younger generations so that like my little sister and my little cousins are like, yeah, fuck white people. It's just like, so I know I'd be like, no, that's not the way, you know,
1: it's, It's, it is social conditioning. Like in we've, there is a lot of propaganda in our society that perpetuates those beliefs on both sides. Mm -hmm. Okay, on all sides. I mean, it's not just a black and white issue. There's so many different, you know, forms of discrimination, but especially in America, race is such an easy trigger for people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you this, this might be like far out, but as a hypnotist, I know what induces hypnosis. And I know how, like, how hypnosis is used to influence people's brains. So Mm -hmm. speaking of, you know, we talked about get out and people are afraid of hypnosis, I would say that his hypnosis can be used for good and it can be used for manipulation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that I see it being manipulated is in mainstream media because when one of the easiest ways to get people to be in a hypnosis, hypnotic state and influence their thoughts is through anxiety mm. and fear. So when you yeah girl so when you see things like be afraid this is scary you're gonna die um and just like crime and this and you're attacked and you're gonna be sick and all these things really look at that message and really step back and ask yourself are these the facts Mm -hmm. is this is this really trying to help me or is this trying to scare me and make me anxious
0: studies show that with
1: yeah and so, because when, that's the easiest way to control people is if you can get them afraid of something, then you can get them to listen. And once they, you're like, once they're listening, you can get access to their subconscious, mm-hmm. which is fucked up. And so I see it all the time. I see like, i like, day. And then another way is repetition. So mm-hmm. if you're constantly using rep- repetitive messages, repeat, repeat, repeat the same message over and over again, that lulls people into like a trans hypnotic state too. Mm. And then you can slip in hypnotic messages, subconscious messages into that. So if you think of your average news broadcast, um, how many times are they repeating the same thing over and over again? It's like the same old fucking figures, story. The same story over and over and over again. And then the other thing is overload, if you have information overload, so again with the, your average news broadcast, you have um, stuff scrolling on the screen, you have people talking heads, you have a talking head over here, you have numbers scrolling over here, and you have all this information, and it's moving fast and we'll be back and they're talking to you with their eyes like this, they're not really blinking and they have this really monotone voice. like. That is on purpose, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, rather than, I would not, I'm not gonna say that they're, okay, I'm not gonna say they're doing on purpose, but if it's not, then they are accidentally formulating hypnosis through all of that. Uh, so, oh. And so a lot of the things that we see delivered in that way has to do with race and racism and racial issues and racial injustice. Mm-hmm. And but there's like a million mm-hmm. other topics that they could use their platform for that would raise above it, that would help us have to evolve instead of pinpointing these instances where there are racial bias and injustice, because there's so much bonding and beauty in the world among different cultures and different races that they don't ever focus on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really, really happy you went here. And, you know, I, I know that this is going to lead us into a rabbit hole, but I have full faith that we'll find our way out of this <laughs> no, rabbit my- hole. But, you know, it's so crazy because I used to be like, fuck Republicans, fuck Donald Trump, black and white, black lives matter. I'm super liberal Democrat. And then COVID happened. And then, you know, I, I started to like step back from the whole situation because as soon as COVID happened for me, I was like, this smells really funny this does not, you know, and I've always had this sort of like belief of like, okay, well, I saw the matrix and I saw like the clear parallels that were drawn between the society that we live in today and the movie. And I was like, okay, we're all living in a matrix, like, you know, Plato's allegory of the cave, all of this, like whatever. But but then, you know, so since the beginning of COVID, I'm like this whole, like, it, it sounds like we're, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like really deeply and really clearly to me is when a card magician is like doing doing their magic trick. And so they're getting the audience to look over here instead of looking like where they're doing the shady shit. or like in a magician's right. case, not the shady shit, but you know, the shit that they don't want to be seen. Yeah. And so, you know, I had this stance so I had this video of it, and I was like, okay. And then it was really funny because I watched this whole, (laughs) I watched this whole thing play out to where the side that I sort of identified with was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoon feed me more of the news that you're feeding me and fuck the side that doesn't believe it. And the side that I was like, so withdrawn from was like, uh, wait a minute, (laughs) you know? And so it's just really funny because, um, like I'm grateful for it because this caused me to see the deep corruption in our whole news media. Yeah, you know, okay. and so it yes, girl. And so like and so <laughs> what we have in our society is uh is an invisible hand controlling the puppet strings of the masses. And so they'll throw out a really fucked up story that happens like for instance the George Floyd situation and it's like God, what an awful awful thing to happen to a human being and like God rest his soul and like I pray for his family and his children and everything like this. But the media undoubtedly played that up because they knew that this is going to like really fuck with every single Afri- African American yes. in the country and give us a reason to be like see white people don't fucking care all white people are evil fuck that like they they knew what it was gonna do and so I truly believe the role that all these like big media industries like the main role that they have besides like pulling the wool over our eyes time and time again is to drive this wedge between the masses you know because it's an
1: yeah when I don't mean to interrupt but I think that's a good point just to like share like divide and conquer because yes. we all want a better life. We all want to have more control. We all want to have more financial stability. We all want our politicians or whatever kind of um, govern society to be honest and transparent and to be for the people and to have a like di- even distribution of wealth or not even even, but just something where we're not working three or four jobs just to get by for some people. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we want more justice. We want more equity, we want more freedoms, but we cannot have that if we are at each other's nets
0: and we are fighting,
1: if we are divided, we cannot, we're going to be conquered. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important to come together in a sense of unity and as for humanity but if you're just like, oh, I don't fuck with white people, you're giving, you're missing out on a whole different type of vibe, or resource, or uh, a sense of connection that's going to help us move forward as a species, and like mm-hmm. really help us be free. So yeah, divide and conquer, like you said, they drive a wedge. Divide and conquer is like the oldest trick in the book when it comes to governments, mm-hmm. right? It
0: really. Um, is.
1: And I, I definitely resonate with that a lot, and it's it's really sad, but.
0: Yeah, it is because it's like while while we're pointing the finger being like all these white people I don't fuck with like there's probably white people and black people and Asians there's probably every race pl- at the top playing the invisible, like taking the wealth from the masses and being like, all right, let's give them these ideas. Let's put right. things out like this. Like, you know, this, this whole 1% or whoever the fuck, you know, I don't, I don't mean to sound too conspiracy, conspiratorial or whatever, right. you know, yeah. but you know, conspiracy or not, what's very clear in today's day and age is that the politicians, our whole political system is very, very corrupt. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure there's like a higher, there's a higher, you know, sort of realm of like above the politicians giving them their like whatever that they're doing. You know, I don't really like, I no, don't I know. hear what you're saying 100%. <laughs> but,
1: Y'all do your own research. Don't take our word for it, but there's so much research out there that you can do mm-hmm. to. Um, see what she's talking about or prove her wrong but you know don't just be like no I should come with curiosity because yeah there is there's such a hierarchy in the world and not only that like I wanted to just go back to what you said about the media pushing out that story of things like George Floyd and all that stuff because they know that it will trigger people of color especially or people that are like white liberals or whatever Mm -hmm. but when you are being fed information or when you are hearing information, ask yourself if it's putting you on a low vibe or a higher vibe, because when you you can hear something and someone's like, oh, I'm saying this to care about because I care about you and you should be mad and this happened and whatever. But Mm -hmm. there their studies show that there are actual frequencies. Your emotions are attached to different frequencies. And when you are in a place of anger and resentment and violence and anxiety and a lack of forgiveness, you are literally on a lower vibration where you are more susceptible to disease, to um, being to victimhood, to being abused, to being to feeling insecure, to having a lack mindset. But when you come from a place of love and confidence and forgiveness. And in cooperation you're literally vibrating on a higher frequency where those things are where those negative things in life Mm -hmm. are less likely to play out or at least if they do you're more easily to rise above it because you're coming from a place of a solution mindset and a master mindset instead of a victim mindset yeah okay so you're able to expand in those things so you can I would really ask people to just look at the chaos in the world and ask how you can come look at it from a place of love and understanding and confidence. Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than wanting to go burn some shit down.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's facts. That's facts. Like, I think like, um, on, gosh, who is it? I think it's the David Hawkins, like emotional scale. Right. It shows like, you know, where the resonance of the vibration of our frequencies are, like it gives you a very clear visual, you know, it'd be so cool if I could like just pull it up Pulls right it now. Up. <laughs> right. But, like, but I think the two lowest resonating frequencies that we as humans experience are frequencies of shame and shame. guilt. and and these like these are for you know like speaking from personal experience these are like like emotions that I was resonating at for such a long period of my life you know without even realizing it and going back way back finding our way out of the rabbit hole going back to like like just healing in general is like you know it's crazy like I did not even like I was i was pretty deep into like the awareness of the fact that i was on a spiritual journey before i got like really really fucking got like oh this is why healing is so important so right. this is this is really saying something and it's just so funny to me cuz i always think about when i first started meditating and like doing all the work like i'd like look up the meditations and be like ooh meditation for the chakras meditation to raise my consciousness to to connect to the angels to connect to different realms like I was into to manifest all of this like deep in it and every time I would see like anything geared towards healing I was like now I'm good (laughs) like I'm gonna heal and interesting Dude, yeah. And it's been crazy as fuck. Like, cause this is like a never ending journey. Like, I wanna be very clear. Like, when I'm like, when we're talking about this, I really like, if there is fucking amazing, if there is some quick fix, some like magic fix, like amazing, truly. Like, you know, I wouldn't like not wish that for anybody. But Know from where I stand and all the conversations that I have, like with myself, with other people, everything. This is a lifetime, a lifelong journey of healing. You know, it's like the waves of healing are up and down. And like, Uh. you know, it's learning to find the beauty of this journey rather than like only being like, Oh my god, this high high is so beautiful to be like, Oh fuck, I'm coming crashing down again. This sucks. Like learning to find the beauty in the whole dance, the whole process and the whole dance, dude. Yeah. And so like, I don't want people like, you know, who are maybe thinking about like looking a little bit deeper into healing to be like, like daunted by the task because it is a big task, you know? Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. And I, um, I'm being inspired to talk about just the healing space and how it's dominated in a racial aspect. Cause I know we've talked about, um, like harmony among the racists in a nutshell of like being open and not just being like oh I don't fuck with white people or black people whatever mm-hmm. but when it comes to the healing space it is um, in my experience really dominated by non-people of color Caucasians white yes, people girl, and- this is true And that is one of the reasons not only is like therapy stigmatized in the black community, but there it's like, if a black man were to go to some of the places that I would recommend to them, they would be like the token black eye. And that is so uncomfortable for them and for many reasons. And I know in my own healing journey experience, when I would go to things like sound bowl meditations and chakra groups and all these things um, in my spaces, I was like one of the only women of color, and people would yeah. come up to me before I would even be able to tell them who I was or what I was about, and they'd be like, "Oh, it must be so hard for you being brown. It must be mm. so hard for you." And oh, I love Martin Luther King. I just want you to know that. Like, I voted for to, Obama, like, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, they would have to like say, "Oh, I'm down," or you know, they would have to make my race a thing to make themselves feel comfortable. They think they would have to call it out to me. To yes, have some Queen
0: goddess and it's yeah oh I love your hair
1: like don't put your fingers in my hair you know (laughs) Uh, and um or it would be something where I would bring I would volunteer race stuff that would bother me in private therapy sessions or group ones and I was the response would be like, Oh, you're just overly sensitive or that didn't really happen. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, they would just not be validated that experience. If someone called me a nigger or something, well, you're not that dark. Like, why would they, you know, it's, you know, other dark people do that. So it would not be a validated experience or it was made try to make me feel like I was too sensitive. And that is something that a lot of people of color either fear will happen or they have experience happen. So they just shut down that healing space altogether. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why it's so important why I felt called to do what I do for black men is because they are, They the last two years, I would look back on my practice and I realized that the majority of my clients were my ideal client, black men, black millennial men who were struggling with rage and and self-control and um, stagnating in their career and, you know, negative thinking. They wanted to come out of that space. So after having all these conversations with them, you, I hear things repeatedly. I, I want to be unapologetically back. I have to. I feel like I have to shrink myself and who I am to conform to white society to make them feel comfortable with me, so I can be good in my career. And I, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I just, I'm not allowed to cry, and I'm going through a lot of things, and I don't feel comfortable opening up in spaces of what uh, that are dominated by white culture because if I do it could backfire and like see that's just how black men aren't strong enough see they have this you might confirm some sort of bias for some people in that circle if that makes sense mm-hmm. as I don't know if you've experienced this but I personally have experienced this like um, especially in corporate America where it did not matter how smart I was how educated I was like the kind, the results that I was getting on a consistent basis. Um, the metrics I was meeting, I always had to bring my game 300, 500% just to be seen as competent. Not even good at my job, just having the ability to do my job. Because there was this always, especially Missouri, this like kind of tension in the air like, oh, we don't expect you to perform well, you're just you're black or whatever. And like, so Mm -hmm. if I did good, they'd be like, wow, like, you actually are doing good type thing. And I would be passed up for promotions and all this stuff. So it was like, there's this, sometimes society can have this vision of us that we're not capable Mm-hmm. that we must come from a bad background, that we must come from low poor education, that we must do this. Not, not every white person feels that way, obviously, but I even have black friends that'll be like, oh, I don't go to black white hairdressers or I don't go to white black doctors because mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, they might not be as good. Like I've heard that growing up, you know?
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So it's like there, that can weigh on you.
0: Mm-hmm. And absolutely,
1: that is something that, I want to help my clients like they they don't want to go into white spaces where they're just going to be already seen as inferior or less than or already like well if you're not successful you're not happy then that's probably you know they're just making all these negative assumptions if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so it's important for like me to give them that safe space to be able to vent about these things and validate it for them and say hey Yeah, you're not a token here. You are heard here. I feel you. I've been there. If I haven't been there, I empathize with what you're doing. And that Mm -hmm. is so important, because not only do they not feel that in therapeutics or healing spaces, but also just like in general in the black community, black women are taught to just be like, not love men unconditionally. They're like, oh, well, if you can pay my bills and if you can get my hair done and if you can do this, then I will fuck with you. I'll be I'll date you. And but a lot of times if they can't perform that way or if they're not an athlete or tall or super built and they won't mess with the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they kind of kick them to the curb and until they can have the, that, that list of what they feel like a black man should be there yeah, and then yeah. if the black guy has a hard time or he's unhappy oh you should just be a man you should just be stronger than that you should be this if he tries to come to her and says I'm struggling I'm unhappy How are you gonna be unhappy I could be I claim for you like they're not listening mm-hmm. and they can't go to their male friends because there's so much machismo so much macho tough black dug it out type shit
0: mm-hmm. where
1: they're like you they can't confide in their male friends so where do they go when they have trauma is generational or current or um, yeah to the club yeah yeah strip clubs to porn to Mm -hmm. things that society says is normal for them to cope with everyday life yeah and that's just it's not sustainable
0: yeah it really isn't and like it breaks my heart wide open for black men because God, like this, this sense of acceptance and unconditional love truly is just so, so it's everything. It's everything in this healing journey. And like, just to go back really quickly to you talking about these different healing spaces, I like, I really struggle with feelings of resentment for how inaccessible Mm -hmm. a lot of this, these deep healing, powerful containers are made. For African-Americans because without like bringing any of the victimhood into it there are just facts Facts, you know right There, there are just facts and the facts of it are that America is a country that was built on slavery so here we have not every, but most, a lot of white people and people of, you know, other, other races, African-American or like Hispanic, also racist who have a foot up, you know, who have like, who are coming from maybe more money or better conditions or whatever the case may be than a lot of black people, you know? And so like, like when we go over to this, this whole like healing realm and spiritual therapy, like a lot of these things are really expensive, you know, a lot of, um, of like some people I really, really look up to in the spiritual community have these amazing events and things that are truthfully inaccessible to a lot of people of color, who need right. healing, who they need, need healing. Healing. like so much, I'm not going to say like more than anybody, but like, you know, here is like a whole culture, like a whole group of people who like starving souls, truly yeah. starving souls. Like we need this. This is like where so much attention should be focused. So it can get like a little bit frustrating when like oh my god hey here's this like really cool healing event or like sacred space and then like looking at the cost and being like well you know like I don't know I'm gonna have a hard time like trying to get my friends to come to this one with me like you know and so yeah, yeah that that is something that does frustrate me a lot and then like it's really cool to see like a lot of a lot of different um programs for like like what I'm thinking of right now is like yoga, a lot of different yoga teacher trainings and things like this will have like, um, by POC, like different programs. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. But then there's also this stigma in me. That's like, okay, well, if I get a scholarship for a yoga teacher training, because of the color of my skin, they're going to look at me differently. So yeah. I really feel everything it's, that you're saying. <laughs> it's such a
1: soul journey that like, what, what our conversation are realizing is the epitome of what it is like to be black in America. It's, or especially when you're doing healing work, it's like this constant dance of, forgiving accepting loving expanding but also having to face facts like okay there is there are certain things in place that we have to rise above Mm -hmm. that makes it less fluid and um not resenting that to the point of just our own detriment you know so and yeah especially like my practice that's been a huge thing is me determining my my prices because um, there are hypnotherapists that will charge twelve hundred dollars for one session Mm -hmm. And it's like, damn, like, I, I would love to fall out and do that. But I also know that I need to be accessible. Yes. And that's why I offer payment plans and I will give promo codes and I will just work with people and be like, look, okay, I know that, you know, you are trying to seek therapy, you're coming to me and this price doesn't work with you, holler at me, we will figure something out because yes. I don't want you to feel like, I know when I was struggling financially and I was at my edge and I needed mental health and I couldn't afford it. That's not a very good place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is like, and you don't have family or friends that are willing to to spot you in order to do that because they don't believe in therapy. That's even yeah. harder. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you feel like you, you can't afford therapy or you don't have insurance, I don't even take insurance. So you like <laughs> me and we will work something out because take it should that. not be, it should not be inaccessible. And you know how those people who are manifesting those higher prices and clients that can pay them more power to them. It's just that the reality for a lot of people. Um, and so I also just wanna go back to really quick before we wrap up the idea that we were talking about in the beginning of women healing, doing this healing journey and stepping into their goddess and their divine energy. And even if they're not going to that level, they're going to therapy, they're doing something and they're looking at their significant other Or they're looking at the dating pool and they're like, dang, like I don't have anyone to go on this journey with. And society, we're talking about society, how it's built, is actually built that way. There's this book that I read called The Love Gap, Why Smart Women Are Still Single, the truth of that. And um, in it, they did these, they actually did a study and they showed that if a man says, I want a smart, attractive, funny ambitious woman who's got her own stuff and I can whatever. And and so they said they wanted that, but then they were put in a dating situation where they had two prospects. One was what they described in the other one had was not as beautiful, not as smart, not as whatever. And they even would do like a, a standardized test. and if she had a standard if her score was lower than his, he would be going on a date with her. He would not choose the woman that he said was on his list, right? Mm. And this was happening over and over and over again. and these and um, getting back to the healing part in a second, they looked and it's because society, we're still operating on some primal instincts of the men being the breadwinner, the provider, the hero. men have a hero instinct where when they were when we were in tribes they were hunter gatherers, they protected, they did this, and they rose to the equation to provide to protect but as we evolved, women didn't need heroes anymore we we could do our own thing we could fix cars and we could Buy, pay our bills, we could do all this, but men still have that hero instinct to want to be the provider and they still have the social stigma that they should be that for the woman. And but they're not getting that need that need met in society anymore because gender roles are so blurred mm-hmm. and all of this. So that's one element of it. The other element is that parents and families and cultures really groom women to have their hierarchy of needs met there's something called the maslow's hierarchy of needs where you start out like which is having shelter met your your friends your um there's different tiers of having your needs met and then you go to self actualization and that's at the top you have to have all these other needs met to be to get to self-actualization. And that just means that you're more confident, that you feel good about what you're doing. And in general, um, society is not setting up men to get to that tier of self-actualization.
0: Wow.
1: It's really setting them up just to have these like lower needs met. And then they, they don't have, like we talked about earlier, these safe spaces for any man to go and to vent, to cry, to heal, to feel like it's okay to have these right array of human ex- emotions without stigma, okay? Mm-hmm. And, um, so they get stuck in the middle, but these women are surpassing them being self-actualized and they're kind of here. And that's why men will ghost you in dating situations. That's why Mm -hmm. men will just act out. That's why they cheat because Mm -hmm. they are subconsciously trying to have these other needs met and they don't know how, or they, they know that they need to do something more before they feel worthy of you.
0: Wow. And yeah,
1: it's so crazy. So it's like, that's why I also feel it's so important for what I do and for the people that are in this work that are really focused on men. Because if we're going to have a society with better marriages, with better dating options, and help harmony in relationships, we're going to have to set men up for success better and mm-hmm. having their needs met so they can get to self actualization and feel comfortable in their skin, feel comfortable talking about self love and whatever type of healing modality they want to use they're using it as a maintenance as a journey not just a one-time thing
0: yeah yeah that's so facts like any like black men listening to this right now you know wherever you are in the time space continuum I truly encourage you to just like open your heart up and be honest with yourself because the truth is we can only be as honest with others as we can be with ourselves so like that's the first step I feel like is getting truthfully like honest with yourself with a sense of compassion like you know go back to like the first time you were younger and like told to man up or toughen Mm. up and like give that inner child love give that like go you can do this timeline shifting like this has been such a powerful practice for me is going back to like the moments when I was a child and like feeling the most vulnerable, and the most scared and the most hurt and like going back and being with that child and being like, hey, I'm so sorry that you went through this, but like, I'm here for you and I'll give you all the love you need, all the care you needed. Like, you know, like I can I can understand how these things might sound corny or cheesy or like, you know, like Layla, like, I ain't gonna do that shit. Like, no, but like, just be honest with yourself because these are like little practices Practices that you can do to really like heal you yeah. know like I I really encourage like you know all humans but like really like black men <laughs> to like just start the journey like you know whatever it takes to get started just like you were saying like whether it's meditation whether it's yoga whether it's hypnotherapy whether it's therapy therapy but you know also yeah i And I know that we're wrapping up here, but I do want to like dive real quick into this topic of like why I'm really, really like right now fucking with practices like yours and mine (laughs) holistic practices, because like I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the fact that like, you know, going full circle to this whole entire conversation, like I think one of the most corrupt, uh, entities in our society right now is the pharmaceutical company. They Ooh, want girl. to keep us alive, okay? And so if like don't don't like if you're somebody who is seeking therapy and you go to a therapist and they recommend you to a psychiatrist They're gonna like they're gonna tell you that something's wrong with you, and I don't want to sound like a heretic. I don't want to like you know take away from the mental health industry because I know that like in a lot of cases, in some cases, you know, mental health is a slippery slope, and it's it's very very like fragile isn't the word that I'm wanting to use, but like you know, it's something that we have to be careful with and talking about and all these things. But for I have a lot of friends. And family members who have gone to therapy or like talk to their doctors, and they're like, "You're broken." So I'm gonna give Girl. you a pill to fix you. And then like here we are, ten years later, and you're dependent on this pill for happiness. You're dependent on this pill to feel like a real human being, to feel like any ounce of joy. When in truth, like in the the fact of the matter is, you were never broken.
1: <laughs> Girl. Girl, yeah, I. I went to a, um, I had a family member that was in therapy and they had a family day where they, they had like a group therapy session. They wanted to just bring their family for moral support. So I went and what it ended up being was a seminar on antidepressants. And they literally told everyone there that you will, you'll probably be on this the rest of your life. And I was so, I was like, oh, hell no. And I turned to them and was like, if you think that that's true, you have more problems. That's. That's not it at all. I was so mad. I wanted to just throw some at that lady that day because that was before my my anger management days. But I was like, I did not believe that girl. And I was (laughs) when I was depressed and I couldn't get out of bed for days. I would just have my cover over my head for days and days and like not even know how to like function. My family would just open the door and they would just shake their head and and close the door. They just didn't even know how to deal with me. Mm -hmm. They would open the door and they would come in periodically and be like, "You should just get antidepressants." like that's, and like you see on, I don't really, I don't have a TV, but recently I was watching a TV series and there was commercials. And I was like, no wonder people only think that antidepressant is the answer because there's pr- pharmaceutical commercials that are just like, oh, now I know how to manage my depression. Like there's oh my God. infinite possibilities,
0: girl there's
1: infinite possibilities on how to manage and overcome your depression is actually, a, if you can look at it as an opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it can teach you it is a catalyst yes. for
0: transformation preach it okay. really is that's where the magic is in the yeah. fucking dark depths of the innermost that's caves that's... like that's where the true healing medicine is the true medicine isn't out there any of the time it's always in us you know the pain that we feel the depression that we feel the anxiety that we feel is a call back to ourselves a call Mm. to look deeper you know and so like there's so many beautiful healing modalities that are holistic and like yeah I like I, I I wish I didn't even use that word just now, (laughs) like (laughs) natural, you know, like me, which where, you know, we will put your, we'll put your code, Ashley also. Um, sell CBD supplements that are fucking incredible, and like yeah, um, mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because just like the I've been trying to tell people they're like, why do you do with CBD? I'm like, just like how traditional therapists will recommend something for your brain chemistry to help you be happier, or less anxious. I'm doing that with CBD. I don't prescribe anything, yes. but I recommend it because we do need things that help with our body chemistry. I learned that the hard way because my anger and Started to come back up when I was struggling financially again, and um, I was like doing all of my emotional freedom technique, stephanosis, meditation, journaling, all my normal modalities, and I was like still like ah, you know what's going on? Yeah, praying, girl, whatever. And then the CBD came into my life, and I realized we need something to ha- to get our mind and our subconscious right. But then you have body chemistry that can do things like CBD that helps regulate dopamine. So if you're using, if you're doing drugs or drinking and your dopamine is kind of off, it helps regulate your dopamine. It helps regulate your serotonin, and these hormones and um, neuron transmitters that regulate those happy feelings, those happy moods. It helps your gut health. Your your brain, your gut is your second brain.
0: I think that CBD helps gut health yeah wow. health, girl. i fucking love cbd it's so much it's the best
1: like it's really like if you really, yeah if you're someone who needs i recommend a dietary supplement so if you feel like yeah supplement could help me with better sleep less anxiety less stress mood, mood support definitely tap into cbd um mm-hmm. Find one that's good. It's hard to find a quality one because there's Mm -hmm. stuff out there with mold and metals and bacteria and you don't want that. So hit me up if you just want some tips on how to find one. I work one that's super good
0: but plant medicine CBD is like absolutely yes it truly is you know so there's things like CBD there's things like cannabis which like you know unfortunately it can get to the point where people are using it as a crush which is why like I yeah I, I encourage people to look into other modalities as well as smoking weed you know smoking weed and working out like these are the top two that people are like but you know like there's more there's like there's plant medicine there's mushrooms which I'm always gonna be like, like, you know, um a proponent, is that the right word (laughs) of
1: of psychedelic,
0: like plant medicine and psychedelics, because there's like these these beautiful gifts from Pachamama, from Mother Earth, who is like, yeah, like you here is something that you can take that will shift your whole perspective, like blow your whole fucking paradigm out of the water and show you that like you are interconnected with everything and give you this crazy sense of like love like crazy perspective shift you know like there's just so much out there and so I I don't know exactly how like the evolution of my work is gonna look but I have it I have my fucking eyes set out for big pharma and like like taking the wool off of people's eyes for how corrupt this industry is. Cause like too, it's too much. It's like, they literally don't give a fuck and all that. Well, they do give a fuck about their pockets getting bigger, but they don't give a fuck about the actual like healing, you know? Right. And yeah. so, yeah. And this is, this is the journey that we're meant to take, the healing journey.
1: Definitely. Hold on. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyways, Ashley, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the Wolf Portal again and sharing all your light and your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, and could you tell people where they can find more of your work and the things that you offer?
1: Absolutely. So I am on Instagram, mostly at Ashley B. Hypnotherapy, A S H-L-E-E, B is doesn't boy, hypnotherapy, all one word. Um, you can also go to ashleyb.com, spelled the same way, and ashleyb.com. And there you find more about my history, my client reviews, um, video testimonials from clients, what I'm about and book a free consultation. And um, yeah, DM me or hit me up on my website. I look forward to talking to you guys
0: amazing. Thank you so so much. Yeah, thank you.
1: You're so beautiful. Can't wait to talk to you again.
0: ah same <laughs> I I just lost the screen. This laptop's kind of crazy sometimes. <laughs> okay, there it is. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Right. So, do I end it now?
0: I I see the button that says leave, but I don't want to leave before like getting a chance to save the recording.